This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Here you go. Here you go. Marginalize. Nothing personal. Word of the day. September 23rd, 2020 is marginalized. Marginalized means when you treat something or someone as insignificant or peripheral. We've been talking a lot in 2020. It's really been going on for decades or centuries, talking about marginalizing people. Actions get marginalized. What about at work? Do you ever feel marginalized at work? When you think you're doing a lot, you think that you're a team player, and your work is marginalized, you're not recognized, you don't get a big enough bonus or a salary increase, you don't think you're paid enough, you say to yourself and you say to your boss, I feel like I'm being marginalized. I'm choosing that word of the day today as Coke and I were talking about the show last night and this morning because when you use it, it's a pretty serious word, especially in this day and age, I think. There's nothing worse than marginalizing a group of people. Rob Manford met the media, gave an interview, and talked about several things going on in Major League Baseball, all of which are interesting. And he used the word marginalize in a way that is inappropriate in my mind. However, telling in terms of what the future is of baseball and the playoffs, which start, by the way, six days from today. So if you're behind on nothing personal, you may be listening to this game, to this series, if you will, the day the playoffs start, September 29th. So the quote that Rob Manford used, he was talking about playoffs. This has been a huge topic of conversation, both during the shutdown within baseball And since the 60-game MLB season started, as it's been a rush to the playoffs, where my view has been the expanded playoffs, they don't water down the product. They do make for an exciting finish in the National League right now. You've got four or five teams, six teams vying for four spots, all within a game of each other, game and a half of each other. And when the playoffs were announced, as you recall, they were expanded to 16 teams, eight per league. What they said is, which I did not expect, it was not part of any discussion that I was a part of, and this came up during the pandemic as a way to try to figure out how to come up with 16 teams. 
What the owners agreed to propose is that the top two teams in every division make the playoffs. So right there, that is 12 teams. There's six divisions, two each. Then there'll be two wild cards per league, and that's how you get to 16, eight teams per league. The reason the owners wanted to have more teams in the playoffs is, A, they wanted to sell an extra round of playoffs to national television and raise extra money to make up for the fact that there were no fans. And B, they wanted to take away any of the possible variability that would exist in a 60-game season for a good team with a high payroll to not get off to the kind of start that they would have liked, but still have an opportunity to make the playoffs by finishing in second place in their division. Unfortunately, the way that they decided to do the playoffs means from a fan standpoint, it's pretty exciting. Starting on the 29th, there will be Number one, verse eight, two, verse seven. I'm talking seeds, three, verse six, four, verse five. That means that if you're in Los Angeles and a fan of the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are the best team in baseball, they will be playing the last wild card in the National League, which could be the Brewers. It could be the Reds. It could be the Phillies. It could be the Marlins. It could be the Giants. Don't know. In a two out of three series. Three straight days, all in Los Angeles, all without fans. So the only home field advantage is that you're sleeping in your bed and that you're playing on a field that you're used to playing on because it's your home field. The visiting team will have an opportunity to stay in one place for a full three-game series as opposed to in normal playoffs where you go for two and then go on the road. So they'll settle into their hotel. It's just not their own bed. So the owners were saying, well, that doesn't seem like a big enough advantage to me because we could have the best record in baseball. And if Clayton Kershaw has a bad day and Bellinger doesn't get a hit and all of a sudden Sixto Sanchez of the Marlins or Trevor Bauer of the Reds or Johnny Cueto of the Giants, we could be done as the Dodgers and eliminated in two days. So Rob Manford was addressing this yesterday and he said, look, he says that he, he, that's, you know, that that's him talking, not writing 16 teams was a really good solution for the unique environment we had in 2020. But I want to be clear when I talked about the expanded playoffs, he should use we, not I going forward before COVID ever hit. We never talked about 16 teams as a permanent solution. I also want to quickly comment don't say permanent solution. I really don't like that expression. I think it's an unfortunate expression that brings around a little uh, memories of maybe World War II. Anyway, we never talked about more than 14 teams. Here comes the quote. Those plans addressed marginalizing the value of winning the division and preserving the competitiveness through the regular season. Bingo. Six sixes. Yahtzee. It's five sixes. How many dice are in Yahtzee, Coke? I think it's five. Five sixes. Those plans addressed marginalizing the value of winning the division. That was the critical point when we were talking about expanding the playoffs to adding a second wild card. When we were talking about making the wild card a two out of three series instead of a one game win or go home series. 
when talking about expanding the playoffs under no scenario did the number one seed not get a buy in the first round of the playoffs. The reason for the buy is to get your rotation set up and get your players extra rest before the playoffs start. Let some injuries heal. Take a breath. The counter argument always used by other owners was we don't want any sort of buy because when we're competing to be in the playoffs the way the bottom four seeds are, their playoffs started last night. They don't start next week. They started last night. Every game is a playoff game. Every game is a must win when you don't win like the Phillies got swept by the Nationals. That's like losing two games in the playoffs. By the way, the Phillies are an unmitigated disaster. There is an argument that when you're playing meaningful games, that you are sharper and therefore more apt to win a playoff series. Much like the Marlins in 03, were playing meaningful games to make the wild card, went into San Francisco, who had clinched their division as a 100-win team in 03, well before the end of the season, and they were rusty, didn't look good, weren't sharp, and the Marlins ended up beating the Giants. What owners are interested in from an ego standpoint, from a financial standpoint, from a boasting standpoint, is winning the ring. They don't care about pennants. They don't care about playoffs. Now, you'd think that they care. Oh, we've had a playoff drought since 06. Yay, we made the playoffs. That's what Ron Fowler's saying if he's the Padres. Hey, we haven't made the playoffs since 09. We're the White Sox. Yay, we're in the playoffs. That's not what goes on in actual ownership circles. You want to win the ring because if you don't, it's just not worth it. It's nice for marketing to say, yeah, we're a playoff team. Yes, we're a four-time defending division champion. Let me ask you this. Do you think the Dodgers, when they're selling season tickets, eight-time division winners, I think they've won, they clinched their eighth division in a row. That can't be right. That seems like too many. I may have misread that. I think the Dodgers have won eight in a row. Let's pretend I'm right. Do you think that they then go sell that? No. They need to win a World Series. Yes, eight straight divisions for the Dodgers. Meaningless for Andrew Friedman. No matter what he says publicly, I'm so proud of these guys. All the adversity of 2020. It's such a big deal to win the division. It, uh, excuse me. It doesn't mean anything. So what Rob was trying to say is that we cannot do anything that disincentivizes a team from trying to win its division. And that's what these playoffs are this year. It literally makes no difference between being the number one seed and the number four seed. The only difference, wait for it. No, hold on. Let me think of a difference because each of the top four seeds are playing in their own home stadium for three games and then going into a bubble in either Houston or in Texas or California. Wait, it may matter who you play in the second round. No, it doesn't matter who you play in the second round. Yeah, that's right. Zero. Nada. Do you know the second place team with the best record in the league who will then get the number four seed? That's how seeds four, five, and six go. It's the top to the bottom record of the second place teams in the three division. They've got the same advantage as the division winners. It is the opposite of what we're trying to do. 
when we have a regular season in September where we're not playing for anything, it's hard to get people to your games, even for a winning team. You need to give teams something to play for all year long. So you are going to see expanded playoffs continue in Major League Baseball. I promise you that. It will not be 16 teams again. I guarantee you that. But it will be 13 or 14, and there will be an advantage to division winners. What else did Rob say? Well, I think he's watching the NFL, and he noticed that, wow, there seem to be fans when I turn on the NFL. Not many, but what about we got to do that? We need that money for sure. Well, Rob Manfred announced that they plan to have fans at the League Championship Series and the World Series. The World Series played at Globe Life Field in Texas. will have fans. Who's going to get those tickets? We talked about that and nothing personal. Some scattering of Rangers season ticket holders, but mostly people from the other teams, league sponsors, etc. But what it means is dinero. Dinero. MLB has lost a fortune by not having fans. Football has lost a fortune by not having sold out stadiums. Hockey, basketball. It's been great to have these sports back this year. There's no question about it. But what is very clear to the leagues, crystal clear, is the most important thing other than your TV deal nationally and locally is having butts in the seats who are paying for parking, who are buying concessions and merchandise. And in order to have sports in 2021, I'm bearing the lead here, L-E-D-E, Coca. I am concerned, very concerned, that without fans in 2021, we are going to have no sports in 2021. What makes me say that? Well, Adam Silver came out yesterday and in a very interesting statement that we need to dive into, said that he does not expect the next NBA season to begin before January at the earliest. The old plan was to have the NBA playoffs end October 12th, which will be the final game for a. October 12th will be the final game for a game seven in the NBA finals. Then he wanted to start training camp only seven weeks later. The regular season would begin. So training camp would start weeks later and then go into the season December 1st. Michelle Roberts, the head of the Players Union, the executive director of the NBA Players Union, said no, too early. Then there was a thought they'd try to start Christmas. Now Adam Silver is saying January. Is that because the union wants more time off? Only partially. What's happening here is that Adam Silver is reading the CTL, the COVID tea leaves, he is seeing that we're having a false spike that is now beginning again in Europe and in Asia and even in Canada and even in the U.S. where cases are again rising at an alarming rate. It is already the end of September. We've talked about this vis-a-vis steroids. Remember the steroid talk? Hey, I had a great off season. I gained 30 pounds of muscle. I really worked out every day. The off season is measured in weeks, not years. 
not barely months. What is going to change between today, September 23rd, and December? That's three months from now. I'm hoping everything. Where were we three months ago? That was May. No, it wasn't. That was June 23rd. Do you remember where you were June 23rd? It sort of seems like yesterday, but also five years ago. We were seeing improvements in some places. In some places. Maybe we're closer to a vaccine now than we were. Maybe we're not. Maybe, we're have, maybe we have better testing now. Maybe we don't. Maybe the testing is more rapid now. Maybe it's not. Maybe there's fewer false positives. Maybe they're not. My point is that three months from now, it's the snap of a finger. There is zero chance that three months from today, there will be 20,000 people inside your local arena without it being a rally. Zero chance. And the NBA realizes that they cannot play back in Orlando. Do you remember what we said maybe a month ago that NBA was going to keep the bubble operational in case they have to return to the bubble? Well, this has never been released or talked about, but a bonus wait to see is the following. The NBA regular season next year will not commence in a bubble. What we have learned about the NBA bubble and really the NHL bubble is that it has been brutal on the players and their mental health. It has been phenomenal in terms of COVID protection. The bubble has been unpierceable so far. But the players union in the NBA has said, we're not going back. And I believe them. I believe that there will not be a negotiation that they will enter into that involves going to a bubble in January and staying in that bubble until the following June or July or August. It's not going to happen. So Adam Silver has no choice but to, from a mental health standpoint and an economic standpoint, to start the season where players can be at home, players can play in their home arena, And fans can be at the games. NHL is going through the same problem. Major League Baseball is going through the same problem. They can't bubble. They're going into the postseason bubble today. But they're going to be in a bubble. It's not a real Orlando bubble. It just means they're in their hotel. But the, the World Series ends October 28th at the latest. A month from now, the World Series will be playing game game one is October 20th game two is the 21st game three is the 23rd one month from now is game three of the World Series these players have had enough Adam Silver has started to lay that groundwork to make it very clear to sponsors to fans and to front offices that unless they can get the revenue from fans in the arena and let players stay at home they're not starting that season So what is the ramification of another basketball season delayed? Remember, the NBA normally starts in uh, October and ends in June. If they start in June, does that mean they're going to play till September? Well, right now they're playing till October and who's used to it? I am. I'm okay watching basketball. I feel like it's weird. I feel like it's the playoffs and the conference finals. It should be the beginning of June. 
so it doesn't feel like the end of September. Of course, when you live in Florida and it's 90 degrees, no matter what day of the week or week of the month or month of the year, you don't know what month it is. But my internal clock is slightly off, but I'll get used to it. I will adjust. But as a league, MLB is frantic over these Adam Silver comments. If the NBA changes its calendar and plays again through the summer, they will be competing on a daily basis with the NBA. What MLB craved were the summer months after the NBA finals from June 15th to 20th until training camp starts or preseason starts or the NFL regular season starts. I would always be upset when, when training camp started because the Dolphins would get so much attention just for training camp. In other circles of MLB, they would be more concerned about when the regular season started, which was always around Labor Day. But by Labor Day, MLB could say, hey, we have the pennant race. We've got the chase for the playoffs. So they could have some sort of way to keep fans hooked in September. But you lose every market that is not competing for a playoff team, playoff spot in September. Those teams that are mailing it in, no fans are going to games and you've got football to compete with. Now imagine you add basketball to that mix. It's too much. There's too much saturation going on. During the pandemic, when there were no sports, we were frantic about having no sports. We needed to have sports. The ratings have been decent. There could be political reasons the ratings are down. There could be saturation, the reason that ratings are down. There could be overall pandemic angst, why ratings are are, are down in some cases. From a long-term standpoint, It is not good to have all these leagues competing together. The NBA has shown that its playoffs have been phenomenal. And uh, we've got two great series that are happening right now. Let's, uh, we had a good question that was asked, Coca. Who asked it? Do you remember? You know what I want? I want to talk to Samson. I want to talk to Samson. It's the movie Half-Baked. For those new to nothing personal, there's a character named Samson. Everyone wants to talk to Samson. Get into my Twitter at David P. Samson, Instagram, David P. Samson, whatever you want. You can direct message me. I leave it open. Ask questions. I'll respond to as many as I can. I can't get to all, but I do get to as many as possible. When they're really super interesting, we'll put them in nothing personal. And as you know, I very much appreciate your loyalty to the show. I appreciate the fact that you download, subscribe, Please tell your friends about nothing personal. The word is spreading. We're seven days away from being known as a nominee for the podcast of People's Choice Podcast of the Year. I guess we could win, Coca. I don't think we will. But still, we were nominated. Think I forgot about that? I sort of did till just now. I realized it's almost the end of September. So you want to talk to Samson. This came after last night's game three. Nuggets, Lakers, who watched it? Well, I hope you did because it was the nothing personal pick of the day. You better have watched it. We won our 20th pick. We're now 20 and 13 for the nothing personal pick of the day because we had the Nuggets plus six and a half. They didn't need it. The Nuggets won by, they won straight up. I want to say the final score is 114-106, but I'm blanking again, but I did watch it. The Nuggets are a good team. The question came, Given Nuggets playoff series comebacks, editor's note, they came back to beat Utah 
after being down three to one. They came back to beat the Clippers in the second round, being down three to one. How critical was game three to the Lakers? Was it more important to the Nuggets? So listen, you're Mike Malone. We're only talking yesterday. Was it on this show, Coco, or on a different show I did when I was a guest talking about sons of, of coaches? I think it was this show when we were talking about Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan. The Denver coach is a guy named Mike Malone. Mike Malone's father is a longtime, unbelievable coach named Brendan Malone. Do you think that Mike Malone said to his team down to nothing to the Lakers? Hey, you know what? We come back from down 3-0, 3-1. This game is not important. No. Last night was a must win for the Nuggets. You are not going to try to tempt fate and keep coming back down 3-0 or 3-1. It's the same reason why game four is just as important to the Nuggets. It's a game seven, in my opinion, because if you don't tie the series at two, you're again down 3-1, again have to beat a team three games in a row. It is unprecedented to do it twice in a row. Three in a row is simply not going to happen. If you're the Lakers going into last night's game, what I found strange is that they played as though they were up 2-0. And I think the Lakers needed to play as though it was a 1-1 series because a team like Denver with two superstars, Jokic and Murray, they have this ability where they're just as good and can beat anybody. And you're LeBron James. You need that ring. You need to make it to the finals. If you're the NBA, you're very happy that Denver's had this run, but it's enough. You're ready for the Lakers to make the NBA finals. It's critical for LeBron to be in the finals. It frankly doesn't matter to the NBA, whether it's the Celtics or the Heat. I would say from my standpoint, a Lakers-Celtics final would be great because it would bring up all sorts of great memories of the great rivalries of the past and Bird and Magic. But the reality is so many of the viewers today, Bird and Magic are ancient history. Bird and magic. Coca, can you name the front? We didn't even do this pre-show. Ready, Coca, right now. Can you name Boston's front line during the 80s that was the greatest front line in the history of basketball? It was before you were born, maybe right when you were born. Can you name their front line off the top of your head? And I'll give you the first guy. It was Larry Bird. Can you name the other two? You are, oh, you have it. Good for you. Bird, Parrish, McHale. I would say that you're in this business. I would say the majority of people may not remember that that was the greatest front line ever. The point is a Celtics-Lakers final, while it would be fun for all the pregame videos they would do, they'd have virtual fans of Magic and Bird. I promise you that. Not a wait to see, but I promise you. By the way, Coca, mark down that a wait to see was that the NBA will not bubble for its season in 2021. Bird, Parrish, McHale will most certainly be virtual fans. So you're asking me about how you deal with meeting your team. You know, when you're running a team that's up 2 nothing, and I've not experienced ever being up two games to zero in a playoff series. We were always down 2-1 to one or 3-1 to one or 2-1 to one and or one nothing. As a matter of fact... No, no, we were once up 3-2 in the World Series. I was going to say we were never even up in the series until we clinched it. But in the World Series, we were up 3-2 and then won game six. 
you've got to talk to your players always as though it's game seven. You coach like it's game seven. You manage like it's game seven. Because in this bubble, what we're learning in the NBA is that no lead in the series is safe. There is this crazy thing that's going on in these games where there's no home court advantage. In the old days, you're up three to one. The other team may have to win two games on your home court. It's not going to happen. Sometimes three games on your own home court. That's why teams don't come back. In the bubble, a 3-1 series deficit is not what it used to be. The conference finals are fascinating in the NBA with both series at 2-1. I love the fact, love the fact that we won with the Nuggets last night. I'm staying in the NBA, by the way. If you're looking for the nothing personal pick of the day to go to eight games, back to eight games over 500, I'm going to give the three points here with the Celtics, and here's why. I think that losing game three was critical for the Heat, and I think it gave the Celtics the realization that they're in this series and that they're, they really have a good chance to win this series, even though I did pick the Heat in seven. I think that the Celtics are better poised to win this game. And also, when you look at how they've done against the spread, when the Heat are getting between one and a half and four and a half points, they only cover that, you know, 35% of the time, let's say. I think I got that from Sportsline on CBS Sports HQ this morning. And assuming that's true, that's yet another reason, even though I had the pick already done and Coca can confirm that for me. Nothing personal pick of the day. Take the Celtics, give the three. Let's see what happens. When we come back, we're going to get high. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Through the first round of the NBA playoffs, it's still all about the Celtics and the Nuggets. Will it be a likely matchup between the two powerhouses for the NBA championship? You can bet on the Celtics to beat the Nuggets at plus 400 or the Nuggets to beat the Celtics at plus 425 right now. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet five bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SAMSON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Gwen, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal on September 23rd. I promised you before the break that we were going to get high, and we are getting high. We are about to enter for the rest of this week. We are making it Space Week in honor of the sit-down that we did with Terry Verts. If you have not checked out the Samson sit-down with Terry Verts, please do listen to it. I wouldn't waste your time. Terry Verts is an astronaut, a real-life astronaut. 
the type of astronaut who has piloted space shuttles. An astronaut who lived on the International Space Station for six months and lived to tell about it. An astronaut who's in a movie called A Beautiful Planet. A Beautiful Planet is a documentary that I promised him I'd watch and I did. It's about 45 minutes. It's narrated by Jennifer Lawrence. Can't go wrong. It is all about what it is like on the space station. It is insanity. The way they live. One quick spoiler alert for this movie. It's in IMAX, by the way. I should mention. It is so perfectly directed by Tony Myers. Every shot, every frame, every angle, the way it's edited, it is the most beautiful IMAX movie I've seen. The view of Earth, it's overwhelming. It's hard not to feel inconsequential. When you look at Earth, you look at space, and you look at these space people, these astronauts living in space and doing the experiments they were doing. Highlight of a beautiful planet other than its beauty. Terry Verts, our own Terry Verts, shows us what it is to shower in space. Wow. Let's just say it's not exactly the greatest Airbnb you've ever stayed in. It may be the coolest one, but I'm going to rate it about a one star. What he did... It was Oscar worthy. He had a camera that was filming him while he was attempting to get clean because why would he want to smell in space when you're in very tight quarters with everybody, including his running mate, Samantha? Samantha was there. I got to spoil one more thing. You know, when you live on the space, uh, on, uh, on, space at the space station, you know, you have zero gravity. So you're floating. So everything floats, everything floats, everything jiggles and wiggles, right? Just think about permanently being on a ride where you're going down a roller coaster and your face goes, ah, if you're not watching this, then you don't know what I did, but pretend it's a face. Like when you're skydiving and the wind is in your face, things are just moving in places that are sort of weird. But hair growth happens. It doesn't stop in space. You can't go six months without a haircut. The haircut in this movie, the shower scene, it's like out of Psycho, by the way. The beautiful cinematography, the incredible direction by Tony Myers. And you've got yourself a movie to see. This is Space Week. We are going to get to what I'm reviewing tomorrow and Friday, but they will be space-related. Coca demanded I work into the show, and I said I would. That Samantha, this amazing astronaut from Italy, actually slept floating, which really got Coca's mind wondering. A beautiful planet. Check it out. Thank you, Terry. Thanks for doing the Samson sit-down. Okay. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're our team, right? They're the team that is supposed to be the team. Signed Tom Brady. They got 
Rob Gronkowski out of retirement. Great receiver core, great defense, great coach. Bruce Arians. Everything's going to be perfect with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They may even win a Super Bowl, though they're not favorites to win. Well, we've had two weeks. What we've learned about Tom Brady is that he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. What have we learned about Rob Gronkowski? Rob Gronkowski is getting paid $9.25 million this year. What is he? A Super Bowl winning tight end? A party animal? The perfect teammate? Why did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get Gronk out of retirement? And Gronk made it seem as though he had all these different choices. Well, my guess is he had no choices. Tom Brady called and he said to the Buccaneers, hey, my name is LeBron. I'm now in charge. You're going to give me 50 million. I want my friends. Bring me the Gronk. Do you know how Rob Gronkowski's first two games have gone? Let's start. How many times has Tom Brady thrown at him in two games? Not one, not two, not three. Four times. Total targets. Gronkowski's caught half those balls. That's two. For a total number of yards of 11. What's happening? Is he old? No, he's 31. Is he stale? Well, he sat out a year, maybe he is. Is he bored and disinterested? Eh, maybe uninterested. Is he still parting? Does he not know the playbook? Does he not know the routes? Is he so good that he's getting triple coverage so Brady can't target him? Is Brady trying to say that I'm not going to play favorites? That I'm going to throw to all of my new teammates? Well, Bruce Arians was asked this question yesterday. And his answer will go down in history as a top 50 ridiculous coach speak. Let me set the stage for you. He's asked after the game. What's going on with Gronk? Why does he only have four targets and two catches and 11 yards? And here's what he said. And I quote, I don't think they're paying that much attention to him. He's talking about Gronkowski. Tom has the ball. That's Brady. And he decides where it's going. So he's reading the defenses. He's taking whatever they're giving him. We don't force passes to anybody. I'm going to read that again. I don't think they're paying that much attention. Now, Coco, we didn't cover this. I just realized I'm wrong. This whole segment's out the window. I don't think they're paying that much attention to him. Arians must have been talking about his own offensive coordinator. He must have been saying that our offensive coordinator is not paying much attention to Gronk. My bad. I thought what he was referring to is that the opposing team is not paying too much attention to Gronk. 
Or could he mean that Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator of the Jaguars, is not paying too much attention? And they're the they of the Buccaneers. Sorry. Thank you, Coca. Maybe they're who Bruce Arians is talking about. I don't think they're paying that much attention to him. No, I don't think that's right. It's the other team's defense. But then Arians continues and says, Tom Brady reads the defense and takes whatever they're giving him. How could both be true, Bruce? How can you say that the other team's defense is not paying attention to Gronk and Tom Brady takes whatever's given to him? Am I crazy here, Coca? If a defense is not paying attention to a guy, isn't that exactly who you should throw the ball to? If the defense is not double and triple teaming Gronkowski, wouldn't you want to target him? Because that means there could be double or triple teaming someone else, one of your other receivers. What are you talking about, Bruce? What's really happening is that both Brady and Gronkowski thrived in New England, had their prime in New England, and they are now on the backside. Even though Gronkowski is only 31 years old, you know very well that the impact and effectiveness of most NFL players decreases with age. Tom Brady's a unicorn for even lacing them up at the age of 40-whatever he is, 40-something, Judd Apatow. I would much prefer that Arians had addressed the question by saying, we'd be happy to get Gronkowski more involved in the offense, but he's going to have to make plays and run crisper routes. And in the meantime, make sure that he's doing everything he can to help this team win the Super Bowl. Instead of deflecting to your quarterback and saying, hey, we just put in the plays. But those plays get omaha all the time. That means audible. These plays get audible all the time. And that's up to the quarterback to make the audible. And the quarterback, of course, has the final decision. It's not like pitchers in Major League Baseball decide who they're going to pitch to. There's a guy who comes to the batter's box and you pitch to him. The manager decides who you're going to pitch to. Period. In football, it is actually the quarterback who decides who he's going to throw to. You can run a play for one particular wide receiver. But if the quarterback says, hey, I'm going to do something different, I'm audibling, that's his power. That's his right. As we watch Tampa Bay continue on through this season, it is going to be interesting how Bruce Arians works in Bill Belichick's shadow. Getting Brady and Gronkowski on the team, having raised expectations in a team in Tampa, trying to figure out how you can hold on to the last remnants of the GOAT's career, that being Tom Brady. You don't want to be the coach of the organization who had the veteran past his prime and failed. There are teams upon teams who bring in Hall of Famers at the end of their career, hoping for one last moment in time, one last piece of glory, one last Super Bowl appearance or ring, one last NBA championship or World Series, something. And it works way less frequently than it doesn't. We're going to follow this story, I promise you, 
throughout the season. Okay, I want to follow up a story from yesterday on masks. I like following up stories sometimes when things happen, and I, I think that you'll be interested in it. We talked yesterday. I, I can't remember whether we let off the show with it, and I frankly can't remember whether yesterday. It may have been Monday, actually, where we talked. What is today's? Uh, yeah, whatever. Whatever. On a previous Nothing Personal episode, we talked about the NFL and their fining of three coaches, three teams of $100,000 and $250,000 to the team, $100,000 to the coach for wearing their masks below their nose, below their chin. It was announced yesterday that the NFL fined the two coaches involved in the Monday night game when the Saints lost to the Las Vegas Raiders that John Gruden and Sean Payton were both being fined $100,000 and their teams $250,000 for improper mask use. That means five teams have now been fined. That is $1.25 million to the teams plus $500,000 to the coaches $1.75 million. All of which happened in week two. We end the show with a wait to see. And the wait to see is based on things that are going on in the sports world, maybe. Things that I think have a possibility of happening. We said it pretty strongly yesterday. We're going all in today. Roger Goodell has done his job. The teams which have been fined have been fined all within one week of the schedule because the Monday night game counts as the end of week two. That means one-sixth of the football teams. Wait, are there 32 teams, not 30? I can, I, by the way, Coca, every show I get this wrong. It's either 30 or 32. Five out of the teams fined. Wait to see. There will not be another mask fine to another NFL coach this entire season. Not one more. Every single coach will wear their masks properly. Roger Goodell brilliantly figured out how to handle this. Now, I could argue against myself doing this way to see that the president of the Saints, the president of the Raiders, knew about the fines before the Monday night game even though they may not have been announced, knew the possibility. And did they really not call their coach? Is that possible? I think it is impossible. Coaches are being spoken to. Owners are speaking to their GMs and presidents. Owners will not write another check. You wait to see. The business of fine collecting will no longer be personal. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.